Hello friends, welcome to the After Hours Lounge, welcome back. If you are a regular listener, my name is Sandy, uh, I am your host and, well, here I am. Uh, regular followers um, of the podcast on social media will know that I am now in Greece. Uh, it's something I've talked about an awful lot on the podcast previously. Um, it's, yeah, it's kind of my, my happy place, something I talk about on the Instagram quite a lot, probably, probably the podcast as well. Um, but yeah, I, I worked for many years um, as a seasonaire teaching windsurfing, uh, kind of traveling the world, all that stuff. But every summer I was here. Um, so yeah, I've decided to come here for the next sort of seven or eight weeks and, and work remotely from here because, let's face it, the UK is not a very fun place to be right now. Uh, a lot of anger. Um, so yeah, but this has been booked for quite a while. But yeah, I'm very excited to be here. And uh, those of you, well, I was, this is always a funny thing to intro because you've clicked on the episode, so you know who's here. Um, but yeah, joined by a long-time collaborator, uh, one of my closest friends, um, yeah, Mr. Mr. Alex Bruce, or AKA Bruce. Uh, Bruce, thank you for coming. How are we doing? Yeah, good. I mean, I say thank you for coming. We're, we're sharing an apartment out here in Greece, so we've set up a, a bit of a, yeah, funny little podcast studio, uh, cowboy podcast studio, so we're, we're going to make the most of it, so I hope it doesn't uh, sound too jarring for you guys um, out there. But yeah, uh, Bruce, how, how are you to start with? And can you just introduce yourself for anyone new who's listening who perhaps haven't listened to the previous episodes we've done together? Yeah, so I'm Bruce. I also <coughs> like to come and spend my summers summers in Vasiliki. Previous, we've I've been on the pod two times. Yeah, two times. Three times. This is my fourth fourth appearance on the After Hours. Uh, either third or fourth. We've spoken yeah, yeah. about turtle straws, <coughs> which is one of the things that I do. We've spoken about money. Yeah. And we spoke about like we just had a, a, a chit chat. chat didn't oh, we? Yeah, that was the true. last. The last. That's yeah. what we're saying. The last face to face pod you did was with me. It was with the, you in like October last year. End yeah. of October. So every episode I've done since then has been over a video call. So this is quite a strange. Uh, it's, it's almost quite weird for me. I've got my phone in front of me and I'm kind of like looking at the notes I've got written down, and it's a bit of an odd situation. I'm sure everyone is finding themselves in these odd situations now of. Uh, of yeah, suddenly uh, interacting with people again and leaving their, their comfort zone. But anyway, I've done enough podcasts about that. The big thing I wanted to talk with, with uh, Bruce about today, um, and, and people have heard me talk about it a lot, and actually I put a thing up the other day saying, what do people want to hear more about? And a lot of people said they wanted to hear more about season airs and people doing seasons and, and what it's all about and the funny stories and things like that. Um, and, and Bruce, you're a bit of a a bit of an entrepreneur, and one of your things is involved in, in kind of season air recruitment um, and things like that. So you're the perfect man to, to bring on, really. Yeah, yeah, this is, it's gonna be, I reckon it's gonna be pretty fun to talk about that. So I guess the thing that I, so I've been doing, I did my first season 11 years ago for Sunset in Vanaki yeah. in 2010, fresh, yeah. fresh faced, no, no, uh, no facial hair, little baby boy, skinny as you like, rocked yeah. up in, uh, rocked up in Vanaki after, after school, and I guess, I don't know, do you want to talk about the journey or do you want to talk about like how that how that's kind of worked out and got to or Well yeah, I mean first of all, I think something something good would be kind of why what what attracted you towards doing a season. For any for anyone that doesn't know, let's explain a season to start with. So a season is basically you get these holiday companies um, abroad in, in Greece, mainly in Greece, Turkey, uh, you know, all, all around that kind of thing. Uh, that kind of area of the world. Um, and you know, people go out and they go on these holidays and they learn to windsurf or, or 
or sail, sail or play tennis, or play tennis, all this kind of stuff. And they have you have members of staff that go out and teach these sports or work behind the bar or anything like that. And you do it for six months. It's notoriously low pay. It's notoriously fun, um, and yeah. that, that's kind of that's kind of it really. That's what being a, a season air is. There's winter seasons on top of that, but they're a bit of a different kettle of fish. Um, but we're still going to talk about that. Talk as well. about talk about all but, of it. But yeah, what 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 made you want to go and do a season in that first place as a uh, yeah you're same age as me so yeah you're 18. 18 what made so you leave school and be like right I'm gonna go and do a season I had been on I'd been <clears> on a few sunset I've been on a Nielsen holiday I've been on a sunset holiday and I'd seen you just see how much saw how much fun people were having and I think my mum was like oh maybe you should like so as so many mums do <clears> like yeah. to, to kids of like in when they're in there when they're in those like teenage groups or learning how to windsurf on a holiday, yeah. Um, my mum was like, "Oh, I think maybe you should think about doing this." So I was at school and I'd, I was going to go to uni, but and I was like, "Well, I can just do this in my in my summers between between uni." Uh, so I just applied, applied, I applied for Nielsen, I applied for Sunsail, and Sunsail offered me a job mm-hmm. as a kids club slash lifeguard, um, and I got stuck on the waiting list because my school finished. Late. too late and they wanted me to do the whole season I was like well I can't do the whole season I can't do the whole season yeah, yeah. so I ended up doing I think I must have worked from the end of July until the end of September and then landed straight off the plane into into uni after that after that first season and that incidentally is the first year that I came to that I came to Bass yeah yeah I mean my I, I was very well kind of very much the same I, w- I went to Australia to get my instructor qualifications first but I was straight out, basically straight out of school um, and, and into it and it's one of those funny things and it's something we'll, we'll kind of get into later at the time you, you don't really know what you're getting yourself in for you kind of like I know it's going to be fun and I know I'm going to get a lovely tan yeah. and kind of that was all I was thinking about was and I'd already been in Australia for three months and had this taste of like a new kind of life for me growing up in the Highlands of Scotland it really just like opened my eyes and broadened my horizons um but I still just didn't really know what to expect. But I think that's one of the most valuable things to take away from it is as an 18 year old, I just sort of was like, okay, cool. And I just went and got on a plane and went to Greece, was getting yeah. handed this ticket and things. And I think it it just made me feel more comfortable. Yeah, yeah. With, yeah. It's such, you get thrown into such a sink or swim yeah. environment. Yeah. It's like you're either, and you either, so you either do so like but you see people and they're there for two days and they're like nah yeah and they just sack it sack it off and go home and then you and then you and then there are people who do a season and they love it and they love it and then they go off and do and then and then you get people who sort of try and create a um create a lifestyle lifestyle out of it yeah which of which there are of which there are many people in it i guess one 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 person who none of like i only i went skiing with him once and he just went he was like well i can either work out here all year or I could go home and get a mainstream traditional job and then come out and do and the people who do that come out here and do what I do all year round on their holiday and yeah. someone said that to you someone said that to you before as well we, we yeah I just I think I realized that these people it, it's something I've learned throughout the years this isn't something I realized in my first couple of seasons but I, I realized that all these people pay thousands and thousands of pounds to come out for the two-week holiday to essentially do what 
we do all summer. And yeah, they live in the nice hotel room and eat the nice food and all this stuff. But essentially, breaking it down to what they do day by day, they're doing something very similar to us. And often, they're striving to be able to do what we already can. Mm. Whether it's windsurf to a certain level, to be able to play tennis for an hour and a half uninterrupted, to be able to sail a certain type of boat, anything like that. Um, and then on the other side of the coin, and this is every season air will have encountered this conversation. And this is something interesting that I want to talk to you about because you're now on the other side of it and working in the recruitment, you know, kind of yeah, side yeah. of it with your global season air network you've got going. But a lot of the time you have these guests paying to come out, spending all this money. And, you know, it's their, it's their only two week holiday of the year, yet they get there. And all they do is make, jo make jokes about the staff not having a real job. Oh, when are you going to get a real job? Oh, dream life out here. When are you going to get a real job? And <laughs> yeah. it's like, I, I always found it funny because I'm like, you do realize without me doing this job, your two week holiday that you save your money for wouldn't exist. Yeah, yeah. And that's not an ego thing of only I can teach you what you'd like it's to learn. I'll, I'll, I use windsurfing as an example purely because my season uh, career was slightly different to others in that I didn't work for a large company. I worked for a company called Club Fast and they only have one place and that's in Vasiliki in Greece, one of the windiest places in Greece probably. Yeah. So uh, I, I'll use windsurfing as an example, but but anything and, and whatever they were trying to learn, it was still, when are you going to get a real job? Yeah, yeah. And or, it's like, well... And I was, a na I was a nanny, which is always, always gets falls under the radar. Everyone yeah. thinks that I was a windsurf instructor or something like that. But I was a nanny and it was like, well, when are you going to get a and the real job and it was like well if how are you who's gonna look after this is a it's a real job me looking after your kids what so that you can go and play tennis or that you can get so you can go and i and i just think that that whole i think i've actually actually no people still ask me now if I, well, i'm going to get a real job and i yeah. feel because i and i'm doing i'm a want want to be entrepreneur trying to trying yeah, to do yeah. trying to do trying to do stuff and making somehow actually making ends quite meet quite well now and it's still like oh well, I remember two years ago when I was just selling hustling straws, living out, living out of a hovel in Vasiliki. Someone was like, "Don't you get bored?" And I was like, "Look around. Look, yeah, yeah. Does it look like I get bored?" Yeah. It's one of those things. Yeah, often think, you know, the the classic nine to five, the uh, the straight and narrow path, shall we say? Often, if you don't follow that path, people get very, very confused, and they're like, "Hang on a minute, how?" this isn't something that can last forever and what are you doing and to a certain extent perhaps um, there may be right in that it, it, it can't really last forever but I think there's an awful lot of pressure um, on on you and it's you know you always perhaps have something in the back of your head when you're doing seasons so to have that reinforced by these guests going when are you going to get a real job um, it's something I've talked about it a lot but it's something that's always really really frustrated me um, and it is difficult. So if anyone's listening who, who goes out on holidays, don't fucking say that to the staff. And any staff, uh, you know, it's one of those things, and unfortunately you've got to deal with it. But I think, I do wonder if sometimes it just comes out of like a little bit of jealousy. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think it, I don't know. Because often it's, it's very funny for, for me, seeing it from the staff point of view, you sometimes look at some guests and you, you do get, not jealous, but you're like, they're obviously very successful and all this. And perhaps not jealous, but aspirational. You're like, oh, I'd quite like to be like them and stuff and I do often wonder if the guests in turn sometimes look at us being so carefree and working on a beach and being young and 
yeah, you know, well, and that's just having like, the world at your feet, basically. That's the, the the old classic of comparison being the thief of joy. If yeah. you've worked really hard to go and have a nice holiday, bloody well done. Bring it, be able to pay. My dad used to pay a fortune yeah. to bring our whole family five out. Kids, yeah. Five kids, yeah. Five people, yeah. Five people, three kids to bring us all out on on holiday. Um, and I also don't think he ever used to look at. He just used to always buy beers for people and chat to people and yeah, just yeah. just be the most relaxed and chilled out man that he that that he is. But um, but uh, like if if you've got guests looking at staff being like, oh, I wish I could be like them, then that's going to wind them up. And if you've got, like, I mean, yeah, obviously yeah. it's good to be aspirational. But if you're but if you're not working if you're working on a beach or not in a not in a city, there's no point in comparing yourself in the in the city. There's no point in comparing yourself to that. That's a wisdom. That's a bit of wisdom. Yeah, just the, there's there's literally nothing to compare to. Yeah, yeah. Is there? You know, it's it is, it is one of those things. Um, what do you think about about uh, the kind of skills that you get from doing a season? Going on from what we just said there about a lot of people claiming it's kind of not a real job. Um, I've spoken to many people before, uh, from like my 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 mum to to my friends' parents who've done seasons as well and things. Um, and even when I've gone home, I've noticed there's a difference between perhaps myself and other people who haven't done a season. What can you speak to the the skills, life skills life. That, that that doing a season brings for someone? I don't know. I, I think well I do know. I'll give you I'll give you I see if I can kick off with three. So number one, the ability to turn up to work after a considerably <laughs> a considerable amount of Lager or Jaeger bombs or whatever. Yeah. Turn up the next day and just fucking deliver. Yeah. That and and it's like and your people are like, oh, you had a beer on a school night in the in the UK, and it's like, well, heresy. It, it, yeah. yeah. And yeah. here, if you if you get if you get smashed up and you can't do your job, then again, it's that sitting. But people people do it, and that's a good skill to. That's a, I think it's a good. I, not not saying that you need to go and hit it hard all the t- all the time, but. Uh, but yeah, that's a good skill that you learn. Yeah. The ability to, and I think this leads into, basically it leads into sales, but the ability to chat to people, to relate, yeah. to, relate to people, to have people hang off what you're, hang Say. off what you're saying. When you, when you watch Sambo, so our friend, our friend Sam, like talking to guests at the bar, he has their ear so yeah. so well yeah. that they'll do and so that and he's just started his own he started he's just started his own thing with with electric mountain bikes in, in vas and he can now go and sit at the bar and chat to people and they'll just because they like him because he's likable and he's able to relate to them um he can sell can sell them stuff and yeah. that so it's like this ability to schmooze this ability to chat this ability to be personal personal and he's developed that over 10 years yeah and the set, I think the same goes for, for, for us, and the same goes for a lot of people that I know. And they can convert that down the line into sales, whether you are working for yourself or working. Not, not even just sales, just yeah. for me, just, just general daily life, like the, the ability to be able to communicate effectively with yeah, not yeah, just yeah. people, but people from every walk of life. I've yeah. taught everyone from you know, eight-year-old kids how to mm. windsurf, and you learn to communicate with them and how to essentially sell them on something, you know, enjoy themselves or, or whatever it is, sell them on an idea of, right, well, we're going to go windsurfing and they're like, no, I don't want to. And you convince them and they go, and then they have a great time and it makes your life easy. Yeah, to yeah. teaching, you know, 70 year old men in the advanced group who've been windsurfing longer than I've been alive, yeah. convincing them to listen to me and being <laughs> like, I will make this, you know, I can help you learn and things. And I think 
that is a skill not just to be carried into business but just life and that i think that's the big that's been the biggest one for for me it's just learning to actually talk to people yeah and and being able like sam is such a good example yeah of like like you said he just he it's can, like it's just the art of storytelling basically yeah. he can just sit at the bar and everyone will just listen to him and yeah. like without use again no ego or anything but i can do the same thing you can do the same thing every single person i've ever met who just done a season or 99 percent of them can do the same thing yeah and then the last one is like and i guess it comes under communication this last the the, the so was such a hit such a big umbrella about but the last one is like efficient management of exp expectations if you you'll have guests turn up and they'll they'll have they'll like right little Jimmy is going into and when I was at Nielsen hot shots yeah club vast it'll be pro kids and they're like by the end of the week I want him to be I want him to be playing around in the foot straps yeah and but this is an extreme example it's like a you go for, and they're like how many times have you been windsurfing and they're and they're like well twice twice and you're yeah. like some people and I've seen it in I've seen it in the in the UK working in um, working in like other other industries yeah people have got no management of the expectations of what they're of what they're delivering people if someone said to me I want a million straws and I, and I want it tomorrow if I just nodded my head and say yes then they're only going to be disappointed you're, set, you're basically setting yourself up for failure aren't you? yeah yeah and so but if stupid. you can if yeah. you can say look we this is this is what we can do yeah. is we can have it so that little Jimmy is going to be he's going to be able to turn around yeah. and, and go sailing on his own yeah yeah like in the morning yeah um, with you watch, watching him on the beach or with the safety here watching him yeah. on the beach without with no dramas and we can do we can do that in a two week holiday having float like how does that sound yeah and then they'll just be like oh but so he's not going to be able to and you're just like no that's not it's yeah. not it's not possible it, in, in the, but there's a way of delivering it no we can't do that I've heard yeah, people that do com that comes back to the second point of yeah, actually yeah, yeah, learning yeah. how to deal with mum, a pushy mum who is really wanting their child to do this. And by the way, anyone listening, this isn't us just, this isn't a, an hour conversation of me and Bruce just shitting on guests. No, means no. This is a, an accurate representation of our experience of, of season airs and things like that. Let's face it, without without the guests, we wouldn't have had the jobs. We wouldn't have had the jobs and without the, without us, the guests, it's a... It's exactly, a, it's, it's a, a symbiotic relationship, but um, you know, by no means is it that, but that that's definitely something that happens all the time is, and you have to learn to communicate that, but also, and maybe I'm jumping ahead, but my big thing to add on to your three points is is confidence, self-confidence. Oh, yeah, the ability to speak. I, I couldn't speak on a microphone without getting the shakes before yeah. um, before I did seasons. Yeah. And then it was like, well, up you go, Bruce, and you stood there and like, and then you just, I've got yeah. Co uh, Cookie who um, actually taught me some, another guy that lives out here, yeah. taught me some really good tricks for like, making sure that you don't move the microphone around. He's like, right. he just was like, put your thumb on your chin, yeah. hold the microphone in your hand, yeah. no one can see, yeah. and then you just talk and it, you don't get this constant like. And that makes you nervous as well, and then you go, oh, yeah, yeah. and then you can, hear, you can hear the, the sound changing, so he's just like, put your chin, put your yeah. thumb on your chin, and then the microphone doesn't move yeah, away yeah, from yeah. your mouth. And, and you don't get this like, <laughs> sound, yeah. because yeah. you've got it too close, and I was like, that's, that helped me no end with with like public speaking and I've gone and like delivered talks to like 400 kids and stuff yeah now, it's, it's one of those that and, and just not on top of that kind of confidence but just the kind of confidence to be like <laughs> maybe it sounds silly but the confidence to be like I'm pretty cool 
<laughs> I'm pretty cool. I'm pretty comfortable with who I am. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm a, you know, and, and this is something that's really interesting. And I think this is where I really struggled when I left season life because I felt like I lost my identity because for so many years, I was what you would call, I suppose, a career season air. It mm. was what I did for a living. And then during the winters, I, I, I traveled and went windsurfing and did a couple of odd jobs at home. But my life for, for many years, almost 10 years, was just doing seasons. Yeah. And when I left that, my identity was gone. And with that, my confidence went as well. Because mm. my confidence was tied to, I'm Sandy and I'm a windsurfing instructor. Yeah. And I'm good at it. Yeah. You know? And and that's what starts to build. And it doesn't even take many years for that to start. It's It come, it shows up in halfway through your first season and you start to get to grips with it and you go, oh, I know what I'm doing and I know how to teach. And you, I've had six weeks so far of guests being really happy with what I've done. Yeah. And they all buy me beers all the time. and. And, and without sounding superficial as well, like I've got a bit of a tan, mm. you know, I'd love to say you lose weight on a season and everyone always used to say that because, you know, you don't eat that much and stuff. But it, to me, it's a complete lie because you generally, as you said at the start, you tend to tend to get quite good at drinking. So you tend to drink about four or five pints, which is basically like eating half a loaf of bread at the bar before you leave every evening. Yeah, which is why we call it fizzy bread water. Fizzy bread water. But you, but you still, you just, you know, your hair goes blonde, you get a bit of a tan and you go, oh yeah, I'm looking pretty good. You know, you, you do start feeling good about yourself. Um, and, and that does give you that confidence, which then, as you said, in turn, means you can start talking in front of people, which only makes you more confident, you know? And it, I, I've heard many people say it before, but I've, I've always said, I think doing a season should be just mandatory. It should be like national service, ha. you know? I don't, I think there's, in the, Go, like moving away from the summer in the winter there is nothing that will teach you how good li- how good life is if you are a kp it's my first season and i just appreciate life because you're a kp so you're in the pit washing s- dishes washing dishes having people shout at you, shout at you hurry up and wash and, and and having and being stonkingly hung over yeah. and then finishing and having somehow managed to get over your hangover and going snowboarding there's that you can't actually and obviously i would i wouldn't want to be a KP for my for my entire for my entire life. But I think if you do one season, that will just make you appreciate so much stuff, so much. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. There's a lot to be said. I mean, even not just seasons, but I think everyone. You can tell the people that have never done a shit job before. They've never, you know, like when you're 16 or whatever, and your mum or dad or whatever, like, right, you got to go get a job. You yeah. got to go work as a waiter, or you've got to go and be a KP, yeah. or you know, a- anything like that. You can you can see people that have never had to do that before. Yeah. And and real, you know, because you do get this appreciation for like, oh, I've got it pretty good. Yeah, often the ones that sink. Yes, the ones that sink are the ones that crumble. And that, that, yeah, that goes on to everyone who's, who's done a season before, you'll know you get these kind of guests that come out and they're regular guests and they decide to take a sabbatical from work and then they decide they're going to do a season. And that never usually ends very well, does it? No, in fact, I can think of multiple, multiple, multiple people who have uh, who've done that, and it's like. But it comes into there was one of the questions that we got asked yesterday. Okay. So, on my phone, I can't remember. I can't remember his name, but basically, someone someone who follows, I think, saw it on yours or saw, right. it, on, saw it on my story, was saying, "We want to." He's like, "I want to know is it ever is it ever too late? What's the?" I'd be interested to see know what your what your thoughts are, and I'll give you give you my thoughts. But but um, the question was, I'm 29. Yep. And is it ever too late to go? I really want to do a season, yep. but am I too old? I don't think 
age is as much of a thing. For a start, 29 is by no means too old. Absolutely. I'm 29 no, yeah. now, and uh, yeah, 29 is, is not too old. But no. I, I don't think it's age. I think it's more attitude and previous experience. If, you, if you're 29 years old and you've spent the last uh, six or seven years working as a waiter or, or a, a, a KP or working in a kitchen or something like that, then doing a season, especially something like a winter season or even a summer, if you went and did that same job, but abroad, you'd have a you, better life. You would, have, you would have a far better life. You'd get paid probably a bit less, mm. but you would have well, true. Winter, 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 maybe not. Yeah. Um, but you'd have a you'd have a far better life, especially if you have a passion for any of the activities that are offered um, during during kind of season life. Um, if you spent the last few years in the city, but even actually, even saying that, Tom, who works at Club Vass, he's late mid late thirties, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he spent ten years working in the city in London. Yeah. in finance and all this stuff and has now spent three or four years working out at Club Vass and he seems like one of the most content people in the world yeah it's attitude that's what it's it, attitude over age in my opinion if you've if you come out there and think if you're if you're a little bit older yeah. or if you've or if you've just you're, if you're or if you're at 20 and you've just done, and you've done 10 10 active, active activity holidays in a row yeah and you're like oh I fancy this it looks quite fun yeah um but you you have to realise that it is hard work, and that and that's the that's the thing. It's just, and if you would approach it with "I'm on holiday" or "I'm not expecting it to be that difficult," then you might end up a bit disappointed. Yeah. If you if you rock up and you're like, "I'm ready to work. I'm keen. I'm so lucky to be here," um, then then you'd be absolutely fine, no matter how old you are. You you said that the best bike guy that you ever encountered was a guy who in his late fifties had just yeah essentially sacked his job in and was like right. He well, retired. Yeah, he worked up. Um, he worked up electric pylons. Yeah. Steve, probably don't listen, but if you are, shout out, mate. Miss you. Um, but yeah, Steve Steve worked there, and he worked up electric pylons, and because that's a very dangerous job, I believe it's very well paid. Um, so he retired in his 50s, basically. Mm. Uh, I think he lives a fairly you know, chilled out life, but yeah, he used to come here for the whole summer. Um, his wife would come out for the whole summer as well, Sick. and they got a nice apartment, and he just, he didn't, he was sober, he didn't drink. Yeah. Um, so he used to get up early, go do his bike ride, and then he'd cruise around, then he'd go windsurfing, he'd fix all the bikes, maintain it, he basically just had his own schedule. That's a very specific job, um, but a very specific thing. But his was attitude as well. Um, and he just realized that, I think a lot of it, if you can live without the home comforts, if you can live without your Sky TV and things like that, and still have a good time, you, you've just got to adjust your expectations. Mm. And you've got to be willing to adjust those expectations. If you're coming out and thinking you're going to be working essentially an eight hour a day and you don't have to take your work home with you or expected to do anything extracurricular, you're going to be very, very surprised. Yeah, and you're not going to get your own bedroom and you're not going to get, exactly you're, not going to get you're not going to get a full length mirror. And you're not going to, prob probably not going to have air conditioning either in the middle of Greece in August. Yeah, you know, which you, sucks. It, yeah, you know, it, it can be a bit of a slog. You know, you, it, but essentially you're there for, you're there for one reason. If you, for me, I always was just like, I'm just going to take this as an experience rather than a job, mm. you know, and, and that's for me deciding to try and make a career out of it. But I still viewed it as more of an experience than a job. I took it very seriously. Yeah. Um, you know, the teaching and, and running the beach and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I was, I, I, in my brain, I was like, this is just something I'm going to look back on and be like, this, this, was, this was awesome. Yeah. Like I heard it. <laughs> Well, you haven't got there in the office yet, but Andy, Andy in the office in the U.S. office, um, Andy Bernard, um, <laughs> he he says in in the final season, he says, "I wish you were, 
I wish there was a way of knowing you were in the good old days before they're the good old days. And that just like lives rent free in my brain. Oh. And it's such a good quote. And it's so true. And I think if you go into a season not with that attitude, then you shouldn't, it's a, it, you shouldn't be doing it. Do you, know what I, do you understand what I mean? Um, that's yes. something that I've always thought. But I think as well with getting older, there comes a pressure of like getting the real job and all that stuff. And I think that drives a lot of people out of doing seasons, doesn't it? As, as they get around sort of our age, perhaps not into your 30s and things like that. But as you get into your kind of late 20s, I think there's quite a steep drop off mm. of people who go. Yeah, I, I think that it, I've met a lot of people who've got it, who've had that sort of pressure age 20, 23 or 24 and they're, yeah. like, and they're like oh well, how am I I'm not am I am I pro- progressing my career in, in any kind in any kind of way or anything yeah. like that I don't I don't know what the answer is if I knew if, if, there isn't one there isn't you know. no you either decide if you're happy and if you feel like you're having a great time and I also the other thing that I think people are really really need to be to be careful of is a guy called James Day don't know if he listens to the pod but right. did a season with him in um, his, and I don't know where I sit with this either, but I did a season with him in Lesbos, and, in, and he, he was on my first winter season as well. Right. He won most improved snowboarder, motherfucker. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm better than him now. Oh, that's <laughs> longevity. Yeah, that's the important yeah. bit. You got there but he, he said to me, he was like, I, um, he's like, I've, I left seasons and I went and did a completely different job, earning a lot of a lot a lot of money. And he was like. He, and he said to me, and I can kind of relate to this, he was like, why would I go home and wait on tables, which is what his job was, when I could wait, and table, wait on tables in Lesbos or wait on tables yeah. in Lesbos. Yeah, exactly. And I think that that's something that people, people go home to try and get a real job and then they end up doing the same job that they could be doing. Obviously, if you're teaching windsurfing and you want to teach windsurfing in the UK and live in the UK, by all means, if you bloody love the bar industry, as I know, and I know many bloody yeah, yeah. rock star Bartenders, bartenders yeah, yeah, Harry, um, Knight. Harry Knight. Then, then of course, and there's no, and again, it's like there's no right or wrong answer. But I feel like if you're feeling pressurised to go home and get a real job, and then you end up in a in a in a job that you hate in the UK, that's very that you could do. And in have a, yeah, in, in, in hospitality, a, basically. Yeah, 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 and that you could do in a in a nice in a nicer environment, and have a better quality of life. Then you need to take a long hard look at look at yourself and be like, what the hell am I doing? Yeah. Well, it's difficult. I mean, I've talked about it an awful lot. It's some, that's the thing that I like really, really struggle with. And it's only in the last last year, really, that I managed to like put my finger on it and be like, that's the thing that was making me yeah. dreadfully unhappy and depressed. Was I was like, I left seasons because I was like, I felt like I'd hit the wall, hit, hit the roof, sorry. Mm. Felt like I'd like gone as far as I could go. And I was like, where, how do I take this to the, to the next step? Yeah. Where, where's my next career move? The only other thing that you could have done if you wanted to stay is you would have would have had to have leave left Club Vass and gone and worked for another tour, another company. tour operator and run the beach for them and then gone yeah, down and then which you didn't which if you if you're happy and I just wasn't I wasn't willing to leave someone with the wind and I, yeah. I but at the same time at that point I think I sort of felt a pressure to to come back to the UK my my girlfriend at the time still girlfriend now she was going to become a teacher and things so I was like right hmm. this this season air side part of my life book is closing and I need to open a new one um, and unfortunately I kind of opened it and realised it made me very unhappy and I think that happens a lot more I think it, go, it goes back as well to, to identity you know people feel like they lose their identity you know I'd be very interested to know if anyone like reaches out after this and, and says how they, how they felt when they left seasons. when they left seasons because for me 
I left Seasons and I went to Super Yachts. Yeah. And I did a year on Super Yachts and that is the first time that I was on Super Yachts the first time that I felt anxiety. Right. Like fairly constantly, like a little just burning unhappiness unhappiness in my ch- like in my chest and then I came out here do you remember you said it you were we weren't as close then we were we've been in Cape Town together so we were friends yeah, yeah. but we were not as close as we are now yeah. and he, and you I said to you I said to you I was like I can't put my finger on what's on what's wrong yeah. when I'm there but I just don't I just don't feel right and you were like that's because we're all we all belong here everyone you're part of when you're part of a team Mm. Everyone, and you're living but you're able to go out and do stuff Yeah, there is a sense of belonging I believe that I think is one of the most special things about doing seasons and working in a, t- working in a, big, t- in a, in a big team of, of people all sort of trying to do the same sort of stuff drink beers, go windsurfing or snowboarding or yeah, yeah. and go and have a lovely, lo- lovely time there's a real sense of belonging that develops that just I did not get on that, on that yacht, on the yacht, which I had experienced for the previous six years. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You you feel like you feel displaced, and mm. despite me going going to end up working still within the windsurfing industry um, for for a place in the UK that was fairly heavily tied to you know Club Bass and, and these similar places, I still just didn't. I felt I didn't feel that connection at all. Mm. You know, it, it felt far too much like a like a job. Yeah, like a day job. The, the, the serious job that I'd been told by every guest to go and get, it felt like I'd got that job, yet essentially it was making me fairly miserable. Yeah. Um, and it took me eight or nine months, basically the whole first year I was working at that place to, to really go down the cliff. Um, yeah. And then I went off it and was like, right, I need to you know, yeah. figure 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 this out, essentially. Um, but it's it's so difficult. That is that is one of those things, and that, yeah, like you said, I would really be interested to know um, any season ex seasoners out there what their experience was like leaving seasons, because I think that is that's something that's really difficult. And I'm not saying it needs to be an issue that's highlighted. At the end of the day, we're all very privileged to be able to go and do seasons and things like that. Um, yeah. But but it is still a thing, you know. We can't still detract from it just because it's not something that everyone has experienced. Um, but I think people do find it difficult leaving leaving that part of their life behind because essentially it's a bit like you know there's that age-old like Hollywood story of like the high school quarterback or whatever that 10 years later you know they go back to their hometown or whatever and the high school quarterback's like sitting in the bar and he's got a beer gut and he's bald and he's still just talking about his glory years mm. I, I you know I think it's that kind of thing if you do these seasons and you have this amazing time and you build this huge amount of confidence in yourself and you, you, it ends up being tied to your identity of oh, I'm a windsurfing instructor. And whenever you go home and you say that, or I'm a, I work and I do ski seasons or I do whatever, everyone's always like, that's really cool. Mm. And they talk to you about it and you talk about it with so much like enthusiasm and you're so excited. And then you get to whatever age, mid twenties, late twenties, early thirties, and you decide, right, I need to, I need to go and get a proper job because mom's asking or because you know, I feel all my friends that I went to school with are all starting to buy houses and things, and I feel like I feel a pressure to go and do this. Yeah. So you go and do it, and then you end up just being miserable. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think that. Yeah. It's again. It was like you just you don't everyone. Everyone does things does things differently. Just because someone just because one of your mates has got a <coughs> bought a house bought a house doesn't mean that you have that to. You have to. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so yeah. Anyone? Anyone listening? Uh, 
thinking about that. Hopefully that's that's um, that's helped. But get in touch if there, if you felt like I feel like just get in touch and chat to yeah chat to either of us if you've had like if it, I'd love to hear what people's experiences of leaving and and how many people have relapsed and gone back. Anyone who's like gone back into seasons, yeah, the old season seasonal relapse, which. I've done a couple of yeah. <laughs> left 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 Nielsen in twenty sixteen, never going back. Mike did a mic drop on my last night. Like one of the but we were steaming. <laughs> <laughs> and uh um, I was basically did a week in Vanaki to help out I looked after this kid that had um, autism. Like right. George Legend. Yeah. He was like an epic wakeboarder. Couldn't speak. Right. But so good at wakeboarding. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. And he um and then his dad gave me a tip. It was like, don't spend it all at once. I spent it all at once. <laughs> um, and then uh, and then we did like the evening presentation for Nielsen and I'm on the mic for Benj, one of the ski boys so I helped them that week as well so I could go wakeboarding. Yeah. And Benj just goes, Bruce, it's, a, it's Bruce's last night, everyone. He's going to say a few words. And then just as he great gave me the, um, as he gave me the mic- microphone goes, drop the mic. I dare you. <laughs> and I just went, thank you very much. It's been lovely. Bang. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, and then, yeah, two years later, I was, <laughs> you were back. I was back. I was, a, I was a resort host in Lemnos and I did a lot of windsurfing and I did a lot of joking about, yeah. I used to say in the morning meetings, so I'd be there in front of everyone and be like, so the Lemnos, um, the Lemnos, what's it called? Hotel. Yeah. It's called the Porto Marina pa- Palace. Yeah, yeah, and I would stand there on the microphone every morning, and because the general manager was Greek and didn't have, he had good English, but he didn't have the confidence to be delivering all the information that people needed. Yeah, yeah, and I'd be like, "Everybody, welcome to Lemnos," and I'd be like, "You may have been on a Nielsen holiday before. Yeah, you may have been to the seaside hotel, you may have been to the retreat, but you have never been to a palace. <laughs> you guys are special." And then it'd be like anyone who wants to know. It, so yeah, just joking. And the Port the Porta Marina Palace is a lovely hotel. Is a lovely hotel. But right. there, I think it's by that step. I can't remember. By that stage, it was like not as swept up as some of the other as some of the other ones are. Like because they just get re, they get revamped every sort of like five years or so. And then the next one that I used to, and some so and it's just one of those things where you're like doing a speech and you just have like crickets, but like two people in the back just. Rory, yeah, mate, and I was, and then I had Brad. Brad Bird was the uh, active manager that year. I could see him with his head in his hands every Monday as I just delivered the same, the same. Not, and I'm like, right, this week, um, you can find out from me more, or you can look at your active planners. But uh, if you, if you want to do, if you want to come and ask me when I'm going to get a real job, I've got a castle walk tomorrow morning. Nine a <laughs> leaves at nine a.m. <laughs> Walk. It's a really, really nice castle <laughs> yeah, in, Lem- yeah. in Lemnos. I mean, we used to just walk. We used to meet at like nine or nine or ten, nine thirty. I can't remember. And I just used, and people just and then people would come down and would ask me that question. <laughs> <laughs> I just joked. Yeah, just got to a point. But yeah, that was my that was my relapse, and it was windier. It was as windy as Cape Town. Yeah, it was a windy that, year. That that year in Lemnos, we had the Medicaid. They closed right. they closed the beach, but I remember one day that we, so we went and we went and windsurfed in a different bay. So we just took all the very naughty. Yeah. We took all the kit. Sorry, Nielsen, if you're so, listening to this. Yeah. Nah, I think maybe we took other They probably didn't mind. Nah, I don't know. I can't remember. It's my day off. We nope. took... Yeah. If they, haven't, if, they, if they haven't got you by now, they're probably yeah, yeah. not that we took, we took some kit round. I think some people had their own kit, and I think that like, maybe a couple of boards got t- taken round, and we just went and did yeah. did some stunts in the uh, in the bay round the corner so that no one could see us out there having it. 
Yeah, because otherwise guests would be like, Oi! why can't we? Yeah, but it was so. It was like forty knots like yeah, every yeah. day, and then uh, and then I did get out in the bay there one one day and was like doing try to double forward. Was that windy? <laughs> <laughs> and by try to double forward, I like just went round and like looked down and was like, oh no, <laughs> just yeah. cheated in and tried try to do another one. Mm, yeah, yeah. I think that's that's a good place to um, do our do our last last little thing I wanted to, to talk to you about, and that is one of the real positives. I feel like well we haven't talked about negatives, but I think one of the real positives of doing a season is you do get those people that come out and basically all they want to do is drink, and it's like yeah that's cool, absolutely. I'm like do you, um, but generally people that do it they do it because they want to get better at or find a passion. Yeah. Whether it's windsurfing or. Or, or skiing, or snowboarding, or sailing, or tennis, anything like that. Generally, that's one of the real positives I found from people coming out and doing seasons. And I've seen it so many years at Club Ass, the bar staff or the kitchen staff, and you get two or three of them that just love windsurfing. They yeah. start, they arrive, and they've, they've basically never heard of windsurfing before. And by the end of the season, they're like, I want to buy some kit. Uh, are you guys going away this winter to Cape Town? Can we come with you? Like, you know, yeah, yeah. These bar guys that come and just learn, and it just becomes their lifestyle after that, or it becomes a part of their lifestyle, whether they go back into the UK, or they go and do more seasons, anything like that. Um, it, it just it just becomes a part of it. Is, was that the case with you? when you Obviously, you said you went and did um, kind of the, the sports on holiday as a kid. But was that the case for you when you started doing seasons? Were you like, right? Because I know you, you're, you're like into windsurfing, but snowboarding's your main thing. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. So snow. So with it on my first. So windsurfing, I learnt like a bit in vernacular. It's not very windy. Yeah. And then I probably so I probably first learnt windsurf to like got planing for the first time in 2010. Didn't get planing again until like 2013. Right. And then and then learn and then, but then that trajectory was quite slow. Yeah. It only it was only after I came here. That I was like, oh, I'll go to Cape Town. But with snowboarding, it was like I got there. I had never been to the Alps before. So imagine, well, just a picture, young twenty-one-year-old Bruce yeah. walking. We arrived in the pitch black, and there was some snow on the ground. I'm like, okay, cool. I've seen snow before. It's fine. <laughs> and then I got out in the morning, looked on, out of my balcony, and I'm just like, there. It was blue sky, snow, and mountains everywhere. It was in Leder in Ledazel. Yeah. And I was like. Oh my God, this is unbelievable. And I'd never snowboarded before. I didn't even know, I didn't really, I just didn't, I hadn't really understood it. Still didn't really understand like what, what this winter, what this winter thing was all about. Yeah. Within a month, I had thrown myself into it so hard that I like bought all my own, bought all my own gear straight away. So I bought, I bought a set of boots and bindings and, and, my, and, and uh, snowboard. And then, and then yeah, like, Basically, then, obviously, the KP job was not is not the best. It's not the best job out there, but it's a fantastic place to start because yeah. you can just literally dedicate all your spare time, and you get time off to either the, the mountain or the water. To, to the mountain or the water, and then I uh, and I just and then I worked out what the best job to do next was. Yeah. What's the best job to because once you understand a resort, you can under, you can and understand the jobs that are available. I could not have rocked up on my first season and been a rep or a chalet host because I just didn't. Confidence. I, I well, confidence and, and no, no knowledge. Experience. Of, no yeah, knowledge yeah. of what what it was. But after doing a season somewhere, I was like, right now, I think if you've been on ski holidays before, you could you could probably be a rep because you do understand it slightly slightly better. But I'd never done it. But I just threw. So then I was like, right, what job can I do so I can do more snowboarding? What job can I do so yeah, I yeah. can get better? 
and, I, and who can I talk to? And I just, so yeah, and I ended up working for, two years later, I ended up working for, for Smithies, which probably for, um, was not a very good job for sleeping, but it was a very good job <laughs> for doing lots of lots and lots of snowboarding. And that's, yeah. and I, um, and yeah, came on leaps and bounds. And then it was a, it was a, it was a winter season where I ran a very dodgy taxi service where I would pick season airs up from Scotty's in the plan and take them back up to Bell Plan, which yeah. is like, which is like a, I don't know, it would take two hours to walk that, especially if you're pissed. Right. But it's a 10 minute, it's a 10 minute car journey. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I used to, I used to do that and I used to do Geneva transfers. I hope yeah. that, well, I'm not doing it anymore. So, yeah. But uh, that was my first experience of being, of being self-employed. I got to do so much snowboarding that season that's what yeah. yeah and that's when I like and that's you that's you transitioning into a new lifestyle yeah but still keeping that still passion that you found still keeping the passion and I, and I find that and I find that people who get there's like this whole talk of mid-season blues yeah and I just look at someone and I'm like you're tired hungover and you're not doing enough of anything else apart from the apart from the, the thing that's making you be tired you need, and hungover you, you need you need yeah you need two or three nights of Going to bed at nine o'clock, yeah, and not drinking any booze. And if you're not, and if you're not, and maybe it, not going on the war. You know? Yeah, no, I well, I think I think there's people who just aren't doing enough of that. Oh, you think that's that's what causes that that this this thing. So basically, that, basically, they're just spending too much time at the bar on the on the sesh and not and not going not going and doing doing fun the stuff. People that about. people who come to who come to Vass who don't like it don't win surf. Yeah, people yeah. and people who go on winter on winter seasons and don't don't like it don't go. And don't go up the mountain. Don't go up the mountain enough, and I, and I think that's anyone who's thinking of getting in, or if anyone's thinking to themselves, like even that have has the inclination that oh shit, I don't know if I go snowboarding enough. Mm. Um, then yeah, I just think that you just need to get out there and make and take advantage of the fact that you're able to. Um, that comes down to just like to do it, owning owning your beer. Doesn't yeah, it? yeah, you yeah. Know, own your beer, even if it's even if it's well. I know snowboarding; it's slightly more logistical because you've got to get up the mountain first. But windsurfing, like even if you can't be bothered, just do half an hour. Just yeah, get, yeah. Get yourself out there for half an hour. You come in and you know you've done it. You've you know you've you've achieved. Yeah. And I think that's a huge thing throughout a day. If you spend two or three days just doing your job and then getting on it, you you do end up. Or sorry, two or three months. Like yeah. you say, mid-season blues is a real thing. You know, you get to sort of mid-end of July and you're like, God, yeah, I could do with a week at home or, what, you know, I could yeah. do with this. It ends up, you end up getting tired and fed up. Yeah. A bit lost. Yeah. And the, um, <clears throat> yeah, with, with, with windsurfing, you can, just, you can just grab a sail, and, especially if you're working at a centre, you can just grab a, grab a sail and go. With snowboarding, yeah, you do have to get up. But I just... I'm just always, I just always am like, I'm going. And yeah. this is, I, if, if there's, there's very few occasions. And I think a lot of people get caught up in, oh, I just, I just like to ride, I just like to ride off piste. I don't, and, and then, and then you're essentially, that's it. And if you're, if, if out here in Vass, you're like, I only like to go out on 4.4 or 4.0, then yeah. suddenly you've got like this thing that limits you. If you only ride off piste or as a, as my friend Barney likes to call it, side country. <laughs> um, then, then how are you ever like? Obviously, you're going to get to. The, there's only, you're actually only going to get like ten or twelve. Days. You're very lucky. The max like ten or twelve days of of riding off, riding off piste. Yeah, yeah. Whereas if you're like, well, I'm going to cruise. You don't have to do freestyle. I like freestyle is what 
you like I am passionate about and I and people always ask me do you like do you like powder and I'm like no take it or leave it nah not no I, I've yeah, got, yeah. I always have I always have fun when I go and do it but that's where I'm very different to her most people to most most people most people's favorite thing is powder is riding but I think riding like backcountry is gnarly as you like that's but that's when you need all of the proper equipment you need everything and you need to go with someone who knows who knows where they're going yeah, riding yeah. a lot of people ride in between the pistes and that's bored that's not that, yeah that's side country right. and it's not and it's uh, and I, it just doesn't it doesn't excite me and I think it's I think there's a reason that a lot of people get bored is that they're bored and struggle with snowboarding so they're waiting for that day and then they go and do bits that are just easy in between in between right. the pistes and you need to just be yeah, you just, I think that the the thing is, you're there to get out. So get out and do it, and figure out what, and just and be passionate about more than just one aspect of it. If it's yeah. a if it's a sick powder day, but I, I will also I will be out there doing doing that. But I, if it's not, I will be charging and going and, and going and having a bit of beer somewhere nice at lunch at lunchtime, yeah. or or, um, or if it's and or the the main thing that I'll be doing. And I think this is the reason I don't get bored is challenging. Challenging myself in the snow park, and that's not for everyone. That's how no, I, no, no. that's how I've developed it. But challenging yourself is relative as well, just because you're yeah, wanting, yeah. wanting to send it off the big kicker. Uh, you know, someone else could just be going down a red run or something. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. You know, it's cha challenging yourself is relative. But that comes back to what you said before about you know setting expectations, and that's not just setting expectations for pushy mm. guests. That's setting expectations for yourself while you're out on a season. Yeah, whether it's right by the end of the season, I want to learn to backflip or. I want to learn to duck jive, windsurfing, or yeah. sail a certain boat or something. You know, it's important to, when you teach something, it becomes very difficult to set your own goals within that activity as well. You know, people go, oh, well, I'm just teaching it. And you do, people, you do get fed up of it. And you end up, your own learning stops. And you go, oh, I'll just go and sit at the bar and things like that. And that's where, that's where you start getting really fed up of it. When you stop, when you stop learning, when the curiosity internal curiosity stops yeah that's when you're like right this is this is done now. the fun's over kind of thing yeah you know? and I, I also know like i know obviously i'll sometimes push push myself but i'll go out and just do do a day of freestyle where i just do do like three 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 or four tricks just the same how you guys or ollie who runs the club just goes out and does big forts and does big shackles yeah, yeah, and yeah. i'll go out and i'll do not necessarily trying to do a brand, just doing something that makes me feel feel good. Yeah. Whether that's whether that's absolutely charging and do, putting some nice calves in, or if it's doing with windsurfing, I'll go and do some forwards, and then I'll come, crash some flackers, and then go and talk to all my friends about how annoying flackers are and how fun forwards are. <laughs> yeah, and in the exactly. in the park, I'll do do a couple rodeos and a couple three sixties, and then I'll come and then I'll come back and be like, oh, I wish I could do sevens, but I can't. Yeah. And uh, and it's and uh, and then be like, I had so much fun. Yeah, well, that's that's ultimately that's the most important thing yeah. at the end of the day. It so, sounds yeah. corny, but yeah. that is that is the yeah, most yeah. important I think, thing. I think you just yeah. I think people who get anyone who gets worried about about stuff or starts to feel these what am I doing to make sure I'm having lots of fun? Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, I had a word myself yesterday about it while I was windsurfing. I was taking it far too seriously, and I realised that you know I don't need to anymore, um, mm. and just just to just to relax. And that goes for everything, you know, seasons as well. If you're if you're thinking of leaving seasons, but you're still having a good time, it's probably probably not time to leave yet. Yeah, you yeah. Know, you might have one more in the chamber. Yeah. Um, and you know things like that. What? Finishing up then. What? What advice would you give? What would be the the, the best piece of advice? Sage counsel, as I said yesterday. <laughs> what would be your your sage counsel 
um, to, to anyone, uh, first of all, wanting to do a season? What would be your, your advice? If you want to do a season, yeah. get, on, get on Facebook, get on the Global Season Air Network, because we're punching out emails and content and jobs almost on the group there's a job coming there's a new job coming out every day every yeah. other every other day for people and then they can see so they can see what's available they can then get information we can push out more and more information about what's happening the state of things brexit which we haven't talked about which is pretty good but there are probably someone did actually have another question about that I'll talk about it in a second um so i think get on facebook get on the global season air network get in touch with me i'm happy like i am this is what i love and this is what i do so i'm yeah. really happy to chat to people if someone's keen then um, get in touch with me and I'll yeah, chat yeah. to you. That's another thing. I would rather someone be keen than disinterested in a job interview. Yeah. This is something that people, I feel like some people play it really, really cool. I played it too cool when I tried to first get a job with Nielsen. And they, so were I didn't, like, they, didn't, they weren't bothered. I just, yeah, so I didn't hassle. I didn't do anything. You're, a keen person is always going to do better yeah. than, than someone who tries no to play shame, it. No shame in being keen. Being a keen being, someone's a keen bean, that will turn into someone being a cool sausage, for sure. <laughs> keen bean into a cool sausage. So, yeah, I'd get, I'd get on the GSN group. I'd get on the website and fill out our... We've got, like, a form that basically means we can, we can see where your strengths might lie. Who's interested, yeah. Who's yeah. interested. You don't have to have any qualifications. If you do have any qualifications, then that's that's obviously a bonus. If there's so one of the questions that someone asked yesterday is there's a there's obviously a situation for UK people at the moment. They cannot stay out in Europe for more than for three more months. for more than three months. Um, so obviously, if you've got an Irish passport or a Euro European passport, that's that's going to be a massive bonus to you if you haven't done a season before, and it's going to be a massive bonus to you if you've done if you're looking if you're looking for work. Um, but I think key three points, my key three point three key points. Mm. My um, advice would be get on the group and fill out the fill out the form on the website, mm -hmm. and then just keep your eyes peeled and 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 listen to and and listen to the info that we're trying to we're trying to put out and give people yeah. because. So basically, essentially. Other than, other than obviously, of course, promoting Global Season Air Network, which is the kind of the point of this podcast, but um, just being proactive. Yeah, be proactive. Yeah, like just, be proactive. Just being proactive. Like it's the job isn't just going to come to you. Um, you know, yeah. I was I was emailing loads of people and can I have a job? Can I do this? Can I do that? You know, all this stuff. I when I was working here and I wanted to come and work down at Club Bass, I was coming down all the time and seeing Ollie down here. Can I come and have a job and talking to him and. I'd come down in the evening and have a beer here and get to know the guys and all this yeah. stuff. You know, it's being 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 proactive and and realizing that there's no. That's a really good point. Realizing there's no shame in being keen. Yeah. Don't don't feel like you. Oh, you know. Oh, it's lame to try. Yeah. There yeah. is that thing when young people, or you know, especially in this kind of industry of like extreme sports and stuff, is it's yeah. lame to try. And it's not lame to try. It's the only way you're going to get where you want to be. Yeah. And I think. On your, if I had a thought and it has gone away. It's gone away. It's disappeared. That's absolutely fine. Um, well, you've you've kind of answered the answered the question really. Um, kind of finishing up. Where where can people find information about Global Season Air Network? Um, just get on. It's a Facebook group. Get on the it? Facebook group. Yeah. yeah. Get on the Facebook group if you want, and that's where all the jobs and stuff pop up. Sign up to our emails if you want to hear some bloody funny stories. 
that's where that's where you find the real funny the real the real meat yeah yeah so we put up information stuff about brexit which is an absolute fuckery but we can't do anything about it now so there's no point in getting cross about it yeah um so then we have the website which is basically a form so that we can get to know you best as we can then get on instagram and we do funny stuff every week sort of regarding people's experiences doing seasons doing yeah, seasons yeah. yeah there's some there's some good stories some yeah. good things have come out one day i will tell my toilet roll story it's not what you think you should, I don't know, you should finish off on that. No, we're not telling it. I'm not going to tell it. not going to tell it. You'll have to listen again. One day, one day I will tell it, but I'm not sure it's... I'm still not ready to tell it on the podcast. I need to have a few drinks before I tell that on the podcast. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a very special story. It's, actually, it's not that special, but it's quite funny. Um, yeah, you can also find me, guys, on at the After Hours Lounge on Instagram. Um, please do follow that. If you are enjoying the podcast, uh, please rate and review if you listen on Apple Podcasts takes two seconds and it massively helps me out if you're listening on Spotify please follow uh, on there and then yeah share it into uh, your Instagram story with all your friends it's very easy to do um, if you're enjoying it yeah really appreciate that and also uh, you can go to the link in my bio um, on Instagram and you can donate to the podcast as well as I say all this talking is thirsty work um, yeah so if you're enjoying that would all be much appreciated uh, thank you Bruce for coming on hope you guys have uh, kind of glean some information there about season air life what it's like uh, those season airs out there listening I uh, hope you guys hope what we've said has resonated with you um, and you've enjoyed it as well yeah. Um, yeah thank you Bruce for coming on yeah anyone who hates powder or loves pa- hates powder let me know anyone who loves powder sorry if I've upset you yeah apologies <laughs> guys um, yeah guys thank you very much and we will see you for the next one <laughs>